Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Wow, it's great to be in church, to worship, to celebrate. I love that song that he's singing over you, You're Free Indeed. Sometimes we hear all sorts of songs and voices, self-talk, rubbish, condemnation, fear of failure. But I love hearing Jesus singing over us, You're Free Indeed. So no matter what is going on in the inside, you need to hear the voice of the Spirit of God. He says, you're free indeed because of what Jesus has done and is doing and will do. Be careful what you listen to. It says, he who has ears to hear, listen to the Spirit of God. There's so many voices in our world today. Social media and media and people's opinions everywhere. You don't, people don't have one opinion. There's dozens of opinions coming out of everyone. So we need to listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. Father, just speak to us through your word today. Thank you for your presence. Lord, I pray that all of us will hear your voice singing over us today. You are free in Jesus' name. You are free from sickness and pain. You are free from shame and guilt. You are free from the trauma of the past. You are free so that you can give praise to Him. Bless this word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Emma. You've been doing amazing. Let's give Emma a hand in our worship team. Wow. How's that awesome rain, hey? Peter said in the first service, we might be doing baptism in the, in the car park next week. There might be enough. We might not have to go to the beach if it keeps raining like this. <laughs> Great to have Pastor Ken Ebenezer with us. And Pastor Ken is... Uh, a retired pastor, he was the pastor of the church at Crow's Nest, where I grew up in the little church I was raised. He was the pastor for, for about 10 years. And it's great to have you here with us and, uh, and to celebrate together with your granddaughter, Davina. God bless you. Wow. With all that's been going on, I felt the Lord say, you just need to focus in on Jesus today. And that's what all our songs have been about. That's what we've been doing. And so I want to I share a couple of stories from Jesus' ministry and I just believe they will touch your heart. Do you realize there are only two recorded healing miracles in the Gospel of John that Jesus did at Jerusalem? One is the healing of the lame man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. And the other one is the healing of the blind man at the pool of Siloam in, in John chapter 9. And uh, one is showed a new way to walk. And the other one is showed a new way to see. And that speaks to our lives. We need to know how to walk in freedom and how to see with the eyes of faith. In both cases, the healing came after a choice they made to obey the Lord. A choice not dependent on anyone else's actions. At first, the lame man thought he needed the cooperation of other people to help him to get into the water when the angel stirred it, according to superstition believed by many. So when Jesus asked, do you want to be healed? The lame man's answer wasn't yes. Instead, he gave Jesus an excuse based on the fact that no one would help him get to the water in time. And for those that have watched The, uh, the Chosen on that uh, event, that was really powerful and impacting. How that so many other people were getting there and he was just left on the side with his crippled situation. I think it's amazing that the man was so focused on what others needed to do that he almost missed what Jesus could do. And sometimes we can be looking at other people 
upset about what they could do, should do, didn't do. And we can miss what Jesus can do and wants to do in and through our lives. It's so easy to blame others and focus on what they've done to hurt us or let us down instead of focusing on Jesus as our saviour, our healer, our restorer of our lives. Jesus told him to arise, take up his mat and go home, walking for the first time in 38 years. Mate, that's more years than some of you are alive. Wow. And why did he tell him to take up his mat? Because that was his begging mat and that was his mat that he, didn't, he wasn't going to need anymore because now he was free. And when Jesus comes along, everything changes. Sometimes miracles are instantaneous. Sometimes they're a process and a journey. But God knows what is best for our lives. I want to focus in on the second story in John chapter 9 of the blind man who gets healed. I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories of how Jesus transformed a man's life. Let's have a look at it in John chapter 9. I want to take you on a journey I love, who loves stories? I love stories, especially when Jesus is at the, the main character. So listen in and let's enjoy this story. <clears throat> Afterward, as Jesus walked down the street, he noticed a man blind from birth. This guy's never, ever seen in his life. His disciples asked him, Teacher, whose sin caused this guy's blindness, his own or the sins of his parents? You might think that's a bit of a terrible way to look, but... In those days, if someone was blind or severely uh, disabled, they thought it was someone's sin that caused them to be cursed. And so they were asking a valid question from their culture. But Jesus answered, neither. It happened to him so that you could watch him experience God's miracle. Wow. That's another whole take on why people go through difficult times, that God can bring about his glory and his presence. While I am with you, it is daytime, and we must do the works of God who sent me while the light shines. For there is coming a dark night when no one will be able to work. As long as I am with you, my life is the light that pierces the world's darkness. Folks, we need to realize now there's darkness across the world and across our communities, and we need to realize that it's Jesus' light and His love and truth that can pierce the darkness, that can bring hope to people's minds and hearts and souls to our nation, our community. We need the light of Jesus flowing in our community and it's going to flow through you and I, through churches, through the body of Christ and by His Spirit. Then Jesus spat on the ground and made some clay with His saliva. Wow, Jesus, did you really have to do this? I mean, I love the way Jesus healed people. Sometimes He just spoke a word. Sometimes He laid hands on them. So as he put his hands on another blind man, he put his hands on his eyes and said, be healed. Sometimes he didn't even go to the person. He just said, as you've prayed, I declare healing. And the centurion's servant was healed from that very moment. But Jesus spat in the ground and made some clay. Now this would have taken a little while. It takes a fair bit of spit to make enough clay. You have a thing about it. You just spit in the ground, you don't have enough to make clay. So he must have spat a fair bit to get enough saliva to make clay. You're thinking, this is a bit... And imagine what the guy's thinking right now. Because in that culture, blind people, they were beggars. So a lot of people would have spat on him in disgust. 
He would have had a lot of people spit on him and, and say words to him. They didn't have as much compassion because Jesus wasn't in the world. There was no social security. They were just begging for anything so they could survive. And often their families sometimes abandoned them so they were left to fend for themselves. He, see, he, hears, he didn't know who Jesus was. He hears Jesus spitting in the clay and he thought he was spitting on him. So he would have went gone through, oh no, not another one. And then he anointed the blind man's eyes with the clay. Spit and mud all over his face. Because if you put something in your eyes, it's going to be all over your face. This guy's thinking, now I'm in a worse place than I started. He said to the blind man, now go and wash the clay from your eyes in the ritual pool of Siloam. This guy's blind. He's not only blind, now he's got mud all over his face. He's got to find his way through the city to the pool of Siloam and get washed. And he could have said, who are you? What's going on? This is crazy. But something in his heart of hope that Jesus brought into his life caused him to obey and think, well, I've tried everything else. Let's see what happens with this one. So he went and washed his face and as he came back, he could see for the first time in his life. Hallelujah. Woo! What was in that mud? It was the anointing power of Jesus Christ. And as he, he had to be obedient to go and do something that didn't make any sense. And sometimes God will ask you to do things that in your natural mind don't quite add up. But as you're obedient, God's grace and power can bring about a breakthrough. It's obedient to his voice and his word by faith. So this guy, he's now totally healed. So he's pretty excited. But he's never seen in his life. So now he's seeing the buildings and people's faces and everything. Well, and all, I'm sure he didn't walk back. I'm sure he skipped and jumped and, and yelled. And, and mate, this was an, an amazing, amazing adventure. This caused quite a stir among the people of the neighborhood, for they noticed the blind beggar was now seeing. They began to say to one another, isn't this the blind man who once sat and begged? Some said, no, it can't be him. There's always doubt as hey. And you remember, they haven't had any miracles around for hundreds of years. So it really impacted them. Others said, but it looks just like him. It has to be him. Maybe someone thinking he's got a twin brother, you know. He's an identical twin or something. They're saying, how's this happened? All the while, the man kept insisting, I am the man who was blind. But no one's listening to him. They're trying to argue about, is it him or isn't he? I'm, I can see. Finally, they asked him, What's happened to you? He replied, I met the man named Jesus. He rubbed clay on my eyes and said, go to the pool named Siloam and wash. So I went and while I was washing the clay from my eyes, I began to see for the very first time ever. Woo, this guy is so excited. So the people in the neighborhood inquired, where is this man? I have no idea, the man replied. So the people marched him over to the Pharisees to speak with them. He didn't set out in his day to be talking to Pharisees. They were concerned because the miracle Jesus performed by making clay with his saliva 
and anointing the man's eyes happened on a Sabbath day, a day that no one was allowed to work. So they called healing a guy work. Boy, religion will lock you up in laws and rules and rob you of your life. But Christianity, Jesus' life brings joy and freedom. And so then the Pharisees asked the man, how did you have your sight restored? He replied, a man anointed my eyes with clay, then I washed and now I can see for the first time in my life. He was getting pretty good by his testimony by now. I don't know how many people he told. Then an argument broke out among the Pharisees over the healing of the blind men on the Sabbath. Some said, this man who performed this healing is clearly not from God. He doesn't even observe the Sabbath. Others said, if Jesus is just an ordinary sinner, how can he perform a miracle like that? This prompted them to turn on the man healed of blindness, putting him on the spot in front of them all, demanding an answer. They asked, who do you say he is, this man who opened your blind eyes. He's a prophet of God, the man replied. Still refusing to believe that the man had been healed and was truly blind from birth, the Jewish leaders called for the man's parents to be brought to them. This guy's just so excited to be healed and now he's going through interrogations. So they asked his parents, is this your son? Yes, they answered. Was he really born blind? There's always some people who try and explain away a miracle, hey? Or a work of God, or that you've been forgiven or restored and with hope in your life. Yes, he was, they replied. So they pressed his parents to answer. Then how is it that he's now seeing? We have no idea, they answered. Because they obviously weren't there when it happened. He was out begging. We don't know what happened to our son. Ask him. He's a mature adult. He can speak for himself. Now, the parents were obviously intimidated by the Jewish religious leaders, for they had already announced to the people that if anyone publicly confessed Jesus as the Messiah, they would be excommunicated. They would be locked out. Sounds a bit like today. Didn't have the right password. That's why they told him, ask him. He's a mature adult. He can speak for himself. So once again, they summoned the man who was healed of blindness and said to him, swear to God to tell us the truth. We know the man who healed you is a sinful man. Do you agree? The healed man replied, I have no clue what kind of man he is. All I know is that I was blind and now I can see for the first time in my life. This is probably the third time or the 50th time he's told people this day. But what did he do to you, they asked. How did he heal you? The man responded, I told you once and you didn't listen to me. Why do you make me repeat it? Are you wanting to be followers, his followers too? Now he's starting to preach at them. I love this guy. Just met Jesus and before the day's out, he's an evangelist. This angered the Jewish leaders. They heaped insults on him. So he gets healed and now he's getting stuff thrown at him and being called all sorts of names. We can tell you're one of his followers. Now we know it. We are the true followers of Moses. For we know that God spoke to Moses directly. But as for this one, we don't know where he's coming from. Well, what a surprise this is, the men said. 
You don't even know where he comes from, but he healed my eyes and now I can see. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but only to godly people who do his will. Yet who has ever heard of a man born blind that was healed and given his eyesight for the very first time? I tell you, if this man isn't from God, he wouldn't be able to heal me like he has. So now he's really preaching at him. Some of the Jewish leaders were enraged and said, just who do you think you are to lecture us? You were born blind, a blind, filthy sinner. You'd think they'd be celebrating his heal, but now they're, they're name-calling and, and just harassing him. So they threw the man out on the street. This is what religion will do. It will try and lock you up and destroy your life. When Jesus learned they'd thrown him out, I wonder where Jesus was now. Probably the other side of town. He might have been on his way to the next town. I don't know. But word got back. When Jesus learned they had thrown him out, he went to find him and said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? The man whose blind eyes were healed answered, Who is he, Master? Tell me so I can place all my faith in him. Oh, I love his heart. Jesus replied, you're looking right at him. He's speaking with you. It's me, the one in front of you now. Can you imagine? He's got someone that's going to rejoice with him. Everyone else has been beating him up. Then the man threw himself at his feet and worshipped Jesus and said, Lord, I believe in you. Oh, I love this story. He encountered the living Christ. He now can see for the first time in his life. He's so excited. But not everyone was excited because they couldn't understand. The Pharisees couldn't work out who Jesus was. He didn't come the way he should have from their perspective. And Jesus said, I have come to judge those who think they see and make them blind. And for those who are blind, I've come to make them see. Some of the Pharisees were standing nearby and overheard these words. I'm sure Jesus spoke it loud enough so they could overhear the words because the message was for them. They interrupted Jesus and said, You mean to tell us that we are blind? Jesus told them, if you would acknowledge your blindness, then your sin would be removed. But now that you claim to see, your sin remains with you. Wow, wow, wow. Let me tell you, when a miracle happens, it causes lots of reactions. Some people rejoice and, wow, how awesome is our Jesus? Other people wonder. That's why it's a sign and a wonder. And they think, well, Where's this God thing really fit in? Is he that powerful? Other people reject it. Some people try to reason it out. Some people get challenged because their own lifestyle is now challenged and exposed by Jesus who's so powerful and real. Wow. What an incredible story of the clashing of belief and unbelief. We see the compassion and power of Jesus Jesus didn't make his healing contingent on other people doing anything. Jesus gave the instruction to go and wash in the pool. The blind men obeyed. He was healed 
and then he moved on in freedom. We've got another story where four men carried their paralyzed man to Jesus. So there are times where a miracle depends on other people bringing their faith to the, to the market. Other times it's Jesus and you responding. Don't depend on others all the time because they'll let you down. In the family of God, there'll be many people supporting us in our journey, but it's about Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus and get them off people. Because people will let you down, they'll upset you, they'll annoy you. Get your eyes on Jesus and when your heart's right with Jesus, then you'll see other things more clearly and with truth. The disciples initially were more interested in whose fault or sin it was that the man was blind. Jesus said it wasn't anyone's fault, he just focused on healing him. We can get caught into all sorts of unnecessary arguments and theological debates and what's right and what's wrong. And today, everyone's got a million opinions. Hey, get, let's make sure we don't lose sight of Jesus, who is the powerful God, the Prince of Peace. He rules and reigns. And we need to focus on him more than ever to see his power. John has left us a book of pictures. The picture here is the mingling of spirit, spit and clay, in verse 6, a picture of the Christ who is God and man. The saliva comes from the mouth, the spoken word, God incarnate. The clay is always a picture of man, for our human vessel is a jar of clay. No doubt, the blind man had heard people spit as they walked by as a sign of disgust, for in that way they, they believed blindness was caused by a curse. There's a reference to Deuteronomy 28, 28, that is what they were believed. But this day, as he heard Jesus spit on the ground, it was for his healing. Siloam, someone said, why did he go to Siloam, Pulis Siloam? It's a Hebrew word that means to be sent or be commissioned. The Greek word for apostle or apostleship is the closest meaning. The apostle of our faith is our Lord Jesus Christ who is sent from the Father. To wash in the pool of apostleship is to recognize the healing that flows from the one who was sent from heaven. That's why he washed in the pool of Siloam. In the context of Jesus' teaching on the light of the world and mankind being in the dark, this miracle of giving sight to the blind man is a powerful proof of Jesus' words. Christ, in his birth, became a man of clay. When he applies this clay over our eyes and we wash in the water of the wood, our spiritual sight is restored. Wow. We all can have some blind spots in our lives. Ever found a blind spot in your life where you really thought you were right and you found out that you were a long way off the truth? All of us have blind spots in our lives, but God sends his word and spirit to lovingly reveal them when he knows we're ready to deal with them. Or he'll send a faithful friend or a spouse or a mentor or a pastor or a leader and they will lovingly speak to you and say, hey, have you noticed that when you do this, this is the results in relationships? Or in my case, when our kids became teenagers, all of a sudden they were a mirror to my soul. And I watched them saying and doing things and the Holy Spirit said, that's what you're like. That's why a lot of parents get angry with their kids. Sometimes because God's using the kids to be a mirror to your soul to grow and change. How often is that closer to the truth than we realize? So I had to, 
I was finding myself getting frustrated and angry and I realized that there were things in my soul that needed healing and changing and they were just a mirror to my soul. It's very quiet out there right now because some of you are reflecting. It's okay. It's okay. God loves us and he wants us to come into healing and freedom. And Christ in his birth became a man of clay. We can all have those blind spots. We need the truth revealed to us by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to help us free, be free. And sometimes God uses other loving people. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, For their minds have been blinded by the God of this age, leaving them in unbelief. Their blindness keeps them from seeing the day spring light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the divine image of God. Wow, people's minds are blinded. Some of us, before we met Jesus, just could not see it didn't want to see it, didn't even believe in Jesus. We have people come in sometimes that have never, never even heard of Jesus. I used to go to India and preach and they'd say that there's thousands of villages where they've never ever heard the name of Jesus. And I used to find that hard to believe until you get 100 kilometers off the, the main highways and into the villages and sure enough, they've never ever heard about Jesus. I'm meeting increasing numbers of people in this nation who have never heard a valid presentation of who Jesus is. And I think, wow, God, we need the light, the truth, lived, spoken, demonstrated more and more. As we come to wrap it up today and the worship team comes, Matthew 15.30 says, Then huge crowds of people streamed up the hill, bring with them the lame, the blind, the deformed, the mute, and many others in need of healing. They would have had to carry the lame up the hill. They laid them at Jesus' feet and he healed them all. I love this. And the crowds marveled with excitement, amazement, astound over the things they were witnessing with their own eyes. The lame were walking, the mute were speaking, the crippled were made well, and the blind could see. For three days, everyone celebrated the miracles as they exalted and praised the God of Israel. Wow, here we got a crowd. They're not questioning him. They're celebrating, saying, wow, this is awesome. People are getting healed and set free. Let me tell you, this nation needs a move of God where we see the miracle power of God again. This nation needs to see miracles and signs and wonders. We need to see the kingdom of God demonstrated in His grace and power. We need to see the works of darkness pushed back, the lies and destruction destroyed so that we can see the power of the name of Jesus. And I believe we're going to see an outpouring of his spirit. We're going to see a demonstration of his kingdom. We're going to see his love and truth manifest through people like you and I and churches all across our land and prophetic voices rising and the kingdom of God flowing through you. As you pray for people, they will be healed and restored. As you speak hope, the darkness will lift Shame will go and marriages and families get restored and people's hope comes back into their souls. We need a demonstration of God's kingdom and power. Let's not be arguing on the sides and say, whose fault is that we're in this position? Let's not be pointing the finger and say, does that really still happen today? Let's embrace the truth of Jesus Christ. He's come to demonstrate kingdom life and power, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to open blind eyes so that we can see, to restore people into, they can walk and run with freedom in their lives. Let's stand in His presence today. I believe that we need to see that more and more. And I believe we're going to see a demonstration. But it'll only happen as we put our eyes on Jesus and not try to work it out ourselves. It'll only happen 
as we don't argue over fine points of the law, but we say, Jesus, we need you. We need your kingdom power. Lord, we're going to lift you up on high. We're going to tell our story. Be like the blind man. He just says, I don't understand it, but I can see. I couldn't see, and now I could because Jesus has set me free. Jesus said, don't stop telling your story. Don't let people dumb it down. Don't be afraid of their reaction. God says, come on, share your story of healing, of transformation, of joy. Share other people's stories. Share the Bible's stories. We need to get the truth out so that people's faith can be stirred and they can believe for breakthrough. Oh God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Open blind eyes, I pray, Lord, naturally and spiritually. Open people's eyes to see what is the truth of who you are, Lord. Lord, as we come to Christmas time, let people experience you not only as a baby born, but as the Saviour of the world, the Prince of Peace, the hope of the world, the one who heals and restores and brings life to broken people. God, let it be by your Spirit. Oh God, Ephesians 1.17 says, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of revelation to know Him through your deepening intimacy with Him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination and understanding, flooding you with light, until you experience the full revelation of the hope of His calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that He finds in us, His holy ones. Inside of you is the light of the world. Inside of you is the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about healing and miracles. It says, these signs will follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will drive out their demons. They will see healing and breakthrough. They will speak in other tongues. They would move in the supernatural of God. This is what the Bible says. These signs will follow them that believe. And we're believers here today. And I believe we need to hunger after that. Say, God, flow through me. Use the gifts that you put in my life. Lord, by faith, we will believe. Tell your story. That's the power of the blind man. He just kept telling his story. It sounded so simple. It sounded so unbelievable, but it was the truth. Share your story. Share other people's stories. Oh God, let this good news get out in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.